1: Oh hey Michael, I haven't seen you in a week. Hey, how you doing? I'm okay. Ah, how's your beer? Oh, it's great. It's this Northwest Pilsner that we just got today for the very first time when we recorded mm. that previous episode.
2: Still good. Still good. Still delicious.
1: Um, we're gonna do some first impressions, even though we're drinking our second, second sip, second sip. I've had a little bit of beer. I'm spurring my sleech.
2: That's what happens.
1: Um, we're gonna do Amazing Grace. It's a lost documentary on, or I believe it might be a concert film on Aretha mm. Franklin, uh, directed by Sydney Pollock.
0: Let's do it. Now, when we see all these cameras and things you see around it, don't be bashful when the camera comes your way, and we don't know if it'll get back again, so while it's coming your way, get in on it, all right? <laughs> mm-hmm.
2: Right, we just watched the trailer for *Amazing Grace*. What do you think?
1: Eh, eh. Technically, eh. Yeah. Audio-wise, I'm very interested in hearing it while I look at a picture. Totally. Um, I'm interested in looking at how it was made while I listen to it. It's very interesting. It was made in a church, as we noted while we were watching the trailer. Mick Jagger is in the church at one point. Yeah. Uh, These are interesting details. I don't get the sense that something special is happening behind the camera. Yeah. The way that maybe I had hoped when I heard Sydney Pollack direct.
0: Mm,
2: yeah, yeah. How about you? I would agree. Um, yeah. The, uh, the shots we get um, aren't um, particularly surprising or anything like that, I think. We're seeing her perform. We're seeing people uh, listen and dance and take it in. Um, uh, I think it looks perfectly pleasant i don't know that uh i have any reason to be terribly excited about it yet um except that i like her music
1: it'll definitely be something i watch just so that i watch things that are contending for the top 10 documentaries of the year yeah i definitely want to watch all the ones that are contenders for that i don't know if it'll make it in there over our next title um or or some of the others you know we've still got um the mr rogers documentary that's you know it's very hard to make it into a list with that.
0: Yeah. Um, we got
1: Mining the Gap this year. We've got um, Free Solo. You, you know, there, ah, yeah, there so are, there are some special documentaries solo. this year.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, you suggested this one. I had just heard about it within the past, like, 48 hours. Um, oh, interesting. The uh, There's a critic for the New York Times, Wesley Morris, who I like pretty well, um, whose review I didn't read in its entirety, because mm-hmm. I usually, like, I kind of like to wait, but I... Sometimes just skimmed it, skimmed it, you know to see what what direction it goes, mm-hmm. um and which
1: direction I come did it back.
2: Go? very positive, oh, okay, um good, but uh good to hear, yeah, super positive, and uh the brief point he made in what I did read was that uh, this apparently was one that Aretha Franklin did not want people to see. She was not in favor of this being released. And she didn't
1: want them to see the wizard behind the curtain,
2: apparently, yeah, um. So his review is partly saying why you should see it, despite that, which I think is interesting. And I I read that, and I thought, I might come back to this just just in case. Sometimes you just want to go in blank. Um, Definitely. But I think that's intriguing. It'll be interesting to see why, you know, she might not have wanted somebody to see this and what value you do get from from seeing it. That is
1: definitely one of the things I was thinking. Um, You get the general sense that we, we are seen behind the scenes here yeah. Um, and, and I was getting the general sense that we might not see a Christian woman behind the scenes mm. um, which is something that although it was a terrible documentary Whitney did accomplish mm. in May of this year is you know she grew up Christian and maybe wore a Christian cross around her neck but she didn't behave as one yeah. for her life yeah. and I I was thinking maybe the reason she didn't want this scene is because we're going to see her as someone who isn't, you know, behaving as a Christian. Yeah, yeah. Um, which a less than glamorous It's portrait. definitely something that I like to see.
2: Yeah. It's uh, equally important to yeah. show the truth. <laughs> show fixable. who someone is, yeah. you know? Yeah. <laughs> they, they don't
1: need to be something they're not, just so yeah. that people accept them. I'm, yeah. I'm more interested in the best gospel singer of all time being not being a Christian but yeah. still being the best gospel singer of all time for Christians. That's more yeah. interesting to me.
2: Yeah, definitely. Um, and there's plenty of footage in here of the people there listening to her. You know, mm-hmm. sometimes that's the half the fun. Or the people in the
1: choir yeah. doing, you yeah. know, quite a bit of work. Totally. You know, there's like, what, yeah. 70 people, it looks like, in one of these choirs? Definitely. It uh,
2: yeah, sometimes in a doc like this, that's half the fun, is seeing the people in the room getting to listen to it there. Yes. That's, you know, part of the magic. So... Um. Yeah. I think I'm more excited maybe than I said it in the first sentence of this first impression. Yeah. but
1: yeah. I'm definitely interested. I don't know if I'll squeeze it in before the end of the year or if it'll be before the Oscars. But it will be yeah. before the Oscars. There you go. Um, cool. How about They Shall Not Grow Old from director Peter Jackson. Let's do it. I was 16
0: years old and my father allowed me to go I was just turned 17 at the time. I was 16. I was 15 years. When they came to us, they were frightened children and had to be made into soldiers. All boys, here it comes. We're in the pictures. (laughs) I gave every part of my youth to do a job.
1: just watched the trailer for Peter Jackson's They Shall Not Grow Old. What do you think?
2: Very intrigued. I uh, am optimistic. It is a bit surreal to see some of the footage in color, as you would expect. Ah. Um, uh, For those of the in our audience who haven't seen the trailer, all we're really seeing in this 30 second clip, maybe?
1: Not even? 45. Yeah. It's uh, It's a full minute trailer with 44 seconds of content.
2: Yeah. Seeing world, world War II footage transformed from black and white into color. Um, which, uh, um, you know, I can, I can already see, like, you know, the think pieces, you know, coming out when it does come out about what it means to see this in black and white, which is not how we see the world, versus in color, which is how we see the world. Uh, like, it'll just be, you know, it'll lead to all kinds of conversations about form, right? And what that uh-huh. means for how we uh watch a movie um i'm very interested what about you
1: i i mean as someone who only sees in black and white Uh, i still noticed when they restored it digitally oh yeah there is a clear transformation of clarity in the restored picture being clearer right and when i it looked like outlaw king is how i Mm -hmm. must put it like all of a sudden this image looks very tangibly real and, and clear um yeah and I, I i mean what what did i say like i can't believe this footage is real like yeah yeah <laughs> as we were watching it i was like what the fuck is this yeah yeah <laughs> i yeah. i can't believe this footage exists i i know that world war 1 yeah. was fought you know, many years after we had strewn single photographs together into a moving image and i think what 1873 might be the first time that we did that um, but still seeing these moving images of men who were dead presumably in the war but definitely by now yeah is it's fascinating because this is a sign of what's to come because from from this point forward no man that fights in a war no woman that fights in a war will be undocumented yeah we we will no longer fight a war that we don't have images of yeah and that is really affecting to me at least because so many of these wars when we talk about what happened in in greece or when when we talk about what happened during um you know the occupation of of any given city when we talk about the the death of american indians when we talk about the death of, of south american indians yeah this stuff isn't captured we have the 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 few cultural artifacts that weren't melted down and sent back to Spain of South America. You know, we, we have very little of, of North American Indians, but from now on, it doesn't matter which side of the war you're on. Yeah. We're going to have footage of the side that lost and the side that won. Yeah. And that's just fascinating from, from a technical yeah. standpoint and from from a, a, a historical standpoint.
0: Yeah, yeah.
1: A philosophical standpoint. Even It changes how humanity will be able to reflect on itself fundamentally yeah. and it's just incredible like yeah. th- this is a change about how we can feel compassion for our our species
2: yeah 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 which makes me very interested in what this, what this narrative will consist of right because the trailer is really just about the form um but what arc or what story this has to tell in light of this footage I think will be interesting um
1: based on the interview that I listened to with Peter he's not attempting to fabricate any sort of a narrative yeah. he just is attempting to show what the life was like for them and yeah. he doesn't want to color them as heroes or as victims Yeah, that's what he said I, mostly verbatim you know me yeah. abbreviating it but um, yeah. that was his goal so I, I am yeah. definitely interested because he's not he doesn't have a goal of, of making something out of nothing he's not trying to make it fit into the um, you know, the allegory that we think of when we think of World War One, and we think of Peter Jackson, we automatically leap to J.R.R. or Tolkien in The Lord of the Rings. Yeah. You know, it's a, it's an easy leap to make, but that's not why he made it according to him, which yeah. I think this might be kind of like something we're going to get to a little bit later with uh, The Other Side of the Wind. Like, mm. I don't know how much you're saying what mm. you're saying and yeah, how yeah. much I don't fucking believe an inch of it.
2: <laughs> right, right. You might just need to to see it to believe it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. and when I see it I'll know not to believe you <laughs>
2: Right? did you see a
1: release date for it um, the release date is December 29th in the UK it had yeah. a one night only screening on October 16th in the UK as well mm. um, in America it is coming out later but DVD. it is still cool. somehow I think it might be December 31st it's releasing in LA and New York at one mm. theater each it's somehow yeah. going to qualify for the Oscars if I remember correctly makes sense but we should be able to get our mitts on it before the Oscars at least. So our very final lists of the year, whenever those will be. We we might need to iron those out. Cool. I'm excited. I am too.
0: When you dance the dance of another, you make yourself in the image of its creator. I
2: feel like I'm not even here yet. <laughs> incredible. One, two,
0: three. When she transmits her work you have to decide what is it you want to be for this company. There's more in that building than what you can see, Doctor. You are living with dangerous people.
1: Mother Spirial.
2: Yes. We are talking about Luca Guadagnino's Suspiria, a remake of Dario Argento's classic Suspiria. There you go.
1: I can proudly say I've seen both these pictures in theater, and Luca's is superior. Ooh. And also, this is Luca's best release in the last two years. Went there. Old claims
2: being laid down.
1: Throwing it down. I'm leaving it there.
2: Four and a half feel good with the four and a half
1: oh it's a high four and a half there it's that go. 94
2: almost there almost oh, yeah. to that five. Almost
1: there there's there's some structural problems that mm-hmm. i have with it specifically the exposition and the uh mm. or rather the ep- the prologue and the epilogue gotcha would be my problems yeah.
2: gotcha um,
1: i definitely like what it does with the feminine spirit love that
2: in the middle mm-hmm. and, and the
1: core the uh not to gush for our listeners, but mm. listeners, this is officially Michael's best letterboxed review of the year. What? <laughs> it's plain and that simple. can't be true. It definitely is. That's how bad all your other ones were. <laughs>
2: right. It's important to set the bar low, and then you have nowhere to go <laughs> but up. up. <laughs> it's my strategy. You, you definitely
1: had this uh, this astute observation about what what is happening as she's dancing while the uh, is it Olga who is beneath mm. in the mirror room reflecting in on herself from mm. all these different mirrors is being folded. Oh, yeah. And uh, the, the way that you explained that in writing oh. was just really well done.
2: It's a great scene. I was uh, tremendously in the movie during that I, scene. I was
1: too. Mm. That that was when I understood that I didn't understand the movie. Mm. That That's when I knew that I didn't know. If that makes any sense, mm. and that just kept getting reaffirmed, like when um, Mia Goth and, and Dakota Johnson go into the office, and Dakota yeah. Johnson leaves the office and sees what she sees, and then comes back and laughs, yeah, and yeah. doesn't say anything to Mia Goth, mm. that's when I really understood that I don't know mm. what I don't know, like I just don't mm. know.
2: Yeah, yeah, that's interesting. <clears throat> I mean, is th- was there any point at which you suspected? dakota johnson as maybe not being as uh innocent as she is made out to be initially do you feel like there is a turning point does I, she become... i want to
1: tell you yes but i really didn't know
2: i was hoping you might be able to and, tell
1: me. in retrospect i knew in retrospect i i can tell you when <laughs> like the when it's sealed is when she's drawing um the map and she gets mm. in trouble when she's a little kid Right, she's like that's there. that's the signifier that, that yeah. she's this young and she's drawing a map to Berlin. Yeah. But as I'm watching it live, I don't know if she's yeah. going to blow the next head up. And every yeah. time she blows another head up, I'm like, no fucking way. Yeah. You know, like this yeah. this is a maddening mm-hmm. film, and i I loved yeah. e- i loved every inch of it yeah. while I was in it. It's the bookends of the prologue and the mm. epilogue that really I, I don't understand why Luca thought he needed this.
2: (laughs) I agree. Um, I, yeah, uh, don't know that the prologue with Dakota Johnson meeting the psychiatrist in his home um, added much. You mean Chloe Grace Moritz? At the end. At the beginning. When she comes and says... I forgive you, or they're talking about Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, is that well, what you're talking about when you talk about the that's prologue? That's something
1: I don't mind. Okay. Um, when I talk about the prologue, I mean Chloe Grace Moretz.
2: Mm-hmm. I mean
1: the therapist, and I also mean the therapist's n- narrative. Mm, I don't gotcha. need that. Gotcha. Yeah. Um, in the way it's presented, I think it is a very good choice to have it. But um so, I I I was skimming over just because I forgot of a, another detail that I had a problem with. The RAF throughout, yeah. I don't need. Right. I don't need Chloe, mm-hmm. I don't need the RAF, and I don't need the prologue epilogue. You right. can get me on board with his um, love story, if you need to, Yeah. during the duration of the film. You do not need this yeah. act. Although I appreciate yeah. six scenes in an epilogue. It was yeah. not six scenes in an epilogue. It was a prologue, yeah. six scenes in an epilogue. And yeah. I had a slight problem with that claim <laughs> yeah
2: yeah um yeah i mean this is not like a period or like a you know a window of history that like i was terribly familiar with going into it like i mm. could not have told you i just watched this,
1: seven days in entebbe so i was oh like, uh, why the same are you doing yeah seven days in entebbe is about the RAF.
0: it's about it. this exact
1: moment except for with rosamund pike who is mm. one of the terrorists that kidnapped the plane and all the jews on the plane
2: got it yeah so yeah yeah um so yeah i mean as they're talking about the the plane being hijacked like you know it it didn't carry like a, a ton of dramatic weight for me just because like it's such a specific incident in history to t- mm-hmm. try and attach to this story of ballerinas um that are end- they
1: ballerinas
2: well, dancers, you're right. I guess in the original it was a ballet academy. Yeah. it's they're dancers. You're right, contemporary dance. I guess if they
1: were ball um, ballerinas, I would have been like, I completely missed a dance. Show. Yeah, yeah,
2: ex- <laughs> exactly. Um, so you're right. It's like I didn't, I didn't need it, but it does have the effect of just very clearly um, establishing that this is not like the fever dream, the surrealism of the original Suspiria, mm-hmm. where dream logic is the logic of the movie like this is something that is within the world as we know it within yes. history as it happens technically logical um, yeah exactly um, but it which, goes to
1: too creative lengths to be so
2: I would agree it's almost uh, yeah so, so you think that's what like holds you back from a five yeah it's, it's, it's ultimately a Definitely. yeah yeah
1: and I I do think that there could possibly be a way of editing the current footage yeah to maintain everything that there is and get rid of the stuff that isn't so good. And yeah. bring it there. Yeah. Like I feel like it's all there on the camera. Yeah. And I, I mean, you know, we're being very critical right now, but for yeah. each coming at it from a four and a half and a heart, which Definitely. is I think the highest rated movie we've talked about today.
2: I think so. Oh um, yeah, yeah, for sure.
1: Unless you gave the other side of the wind the four and a half and the heart like I did. Four. Four. So it, it's, between the two yeah. of us, it's the highest rated movie of, of the day. So It is. Um, not to, you know, you know, this is a yeah. great movie. It just totally. has some logic problems um, for why yeah. these pacing choices were chosen. Um,
2: oh, that's interesting. So, uh, I don't, yeah, I don't know that I would say pace. I love the
1: pace of it. Um,
2: to me, it was just... It
1: In was the middle, like, yeah. But the, mm. the when I talk about pace, I mean, mm. intro to epilogue. Gotcha. Gotcha, gotcha. I, mean, I mean, the whole thing. And... The the pace at the end mm-hmm.
0: and
1: the pace at the very beginning are, are the pace at the end works better if you don't have the beginning. You know, like I mm. don't mind that payoff at the very, very end when she comes to visit him and we get the we see the house continuing to live, the mm. right, what is it? On and F. Yeah. I don't yeah, remember what his name is, but letters, but yeah, when, yeah. When we see that house continue to live, that that is a great way to fade out. In, yeah, in, in out of this picture. But um, it feels like it's to butt it. it. It feels like it's to bookend yeah. the narrative, and I would rather have kind of a, a roaring r- narrative that that then has this clear defined ending of, of yeah. things move on. Yeah. the house has new life, right? Because that's what it is. Yeah, the house yeah. has new life. That the dance yeah. academy has new life.
2: Yeah, yeah. I've heard that there is a post-credit scene um i did not, not say four i, I think it's brief i don't know if it's even that insightful but i was bummed that uh i didn't know that yeah i pulled a time. venom i left yeah exactly i don't know if it changes much um
1: there were a few people that stayed in their seats when i left and i was like why are you doing that right yes yeah, <laughs> yeah. a luca guadagnino <laughs> timothy chalamet isn't looking at a fireplace guys. <laughs> yes, <exactly. laughs>
2: yeah um yeah in uh it, it was a weird sensation to, sensation to try to be thinking about how this narrative within the Dance Academy is sort of being mapped onto the historical narrative. Mm-hmm. I don't know that it ever really lined up for me perfectly, that they were ever perfectly in sync. I that, never got that sense either. Yeah. Yeah. Uh,
1: it's not... Okay, I do not like Chloe Grace Moretz, But it Still is done. not that reason why I don't think she should be in the picture I don't think that her arc serves the picture narrative wise
0: mm. it's yeah. in
1: as far as she's spent there yeah. Um, you could have this girl who's missing yeah. and have Dakota Johnson yeah. get there and not know that it's Chloe Grace Moretz and yeah. be just fine that's yeah. just as good you're not getting anything extra from knowing who's missing I don't
2: think yeah. I would agree it's almost kind of a red herring to have an established Character. actress yeah. yeah playing this role and not much comes from it really mm-hmm. um i guess because it was such a specific set of historical events i was kind of willing to give it the benefit of the doubt that this did map on in some way and i was willing to go with it for the sake of um the value it has in just making it feel like it's of our world yeah um so that's why like people say I've seen a lot of people say like this is this is way too complicated, like you don't need any of that. Like I think if if you just kinda go with it, if if you're if you're willing to look for the ways it maps on, and I think I will be happily happy to do that on multiple rewatches, um, I think,
1: I think you you're have going to, to enjoy the craft th- more. This is too beautiful of a film for you to not try Yeah exactly. to map onto it. But I, I still think hmm. that it would have been a better film if they didn't try to and intermesh these things or intermingle them it just would have been because then it wouldn't be constrained right because you can still have the bomb go off you can still turn on the tv and have them talk about the raf yeah but to have um, a big actress that's a main missing character yeah be part of the raf and have that be like this thing that's tying together the detective investigation like yeah i don't need that the moment on the stairwell where where he says um you helped me rule out Poland is where my wife Anka went. Like, those yeah. are great moments. Those are real, tangible, yeah. emotional moments that make me feel like I'm part of the world. Yeah. You can leave that in and get rid of the, some of this other stuff and not yeah. lose this tangible sense of identity uh, of time. Yeah. Which I think is yeah. maybe what you're saying is so... Totally. Tangible and, and good about this picture. Yeah. It does have yeah. a sense of time. I don't think that all of the stuff that gives it a sense of time are needed, though.
2: Yeah. I would agree. I mean... It's long. It's two and a half
1: hours, I think. It is. But I, it wasn't long enough. Yeah. When she agree. started blowing up hats, I was like, I want to stay here forever. Let's keep going. <laughs>
2: yeah. Um I mean, it's just the, the craft itself was just spectacular. Like I I just loved it was. every bit of it. Um I think the the, the 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 rhythm and the pace was just perfect. Like I think it was just super unique in how um, abrupt you know, certain scenes would end, and how long other ones
1: would go, dragged and, out, and, and they yeah. feel like they were going to capitalize, and then they wouldn't. Yeah, and then yeah. other ones would capitalize instantly, yeah. when you least expect it. Yeah. Um, I I think that something of note is that number one, this is Dakota Johnson's best film she's ever been in. Yeah. Number two, she makes really good movies when she's in a picture that Tilda Swinton's in.
2: You're right. This is a pattern. This is a pattern. <laughs> uh, and I like Tilda Swinton here,
1: actually. What did you think of Quite her mask minute. work?
2: Uh, I
1: thought it was great. I, I thought it was mostly good. Yeah. There were a few moments where I noticed that she was, um, because of the consistency of the limp, there are certain moments mm. where she is not bending and walking the way that that person would yeah. bend and walk, where yeah. I did have trouble. Yeah. Um, but I was yeah. mostly, like I said, it's a 96. You know, yeah, or, yeah, or it's a ninety four, not a ninety six. Yeah. Like it's
2: it's real uh, close. It's weird, even though you sometimes see Tilda Swinton buried beneath all that work.
1: <laughs> sometimes you, you don't.
2: You don't. And sometimes I just I'm still glad and appreciative that it's her under there yeah. somehow. Um I still don't know quite how to explain why I think that's valuable, but I do think it, it added something for me to know. Yeah, it's it's um, interesting. I don't
1: really know why the choice was made. I don't know. Either. I am Curious about the end Mm -hmm. when um, that character is naked um, and prone. If yeah. they have a body double in, or if they have a prosthetic <laughs> attached to Tilda, because we do see male <laughs> genitals, um, and we we feel very, uh, if you're a man, you feel very empathetic for him because he feels very exposed, and you're very worried for his genitals. <laughs> as agree. a man, you're like, oh no, you're clutching your own.
2: <laughs> yeah, I uh, I heard some people talking about how, if, uh, if it had any potential for anything at the Oscars, it would be for for makeup. For oh, till the and how they really hoped the clip would be that clip. What about uh, <laughs> nude and prone? What,
1: what about choreography? Is that an Oscar category?
2: <sighs> I wish it, it should be. I don't think it is, not that I know of.
1: Yeah, that, mm. that's travesty. I don't, um, mm. casting director, I think it could be nominated for casting director. I don't know if that's a category. I
2: think that's one i've heard oh i thought it was um
1: art direction i would like to see a nomination for art direction oh, yeah. in this it's got very strong art direction um but otherwise yeah there's no way that something this eclectic and and um artistic oh, yeah. is going to be considered oh, yeah. for cinematography or editing yeah i, I don't know that yeah. i would give it best director just because I can't yeah. necessarily point to where the director's controlling what's happening over the editor and the cinematographer. Mm. Whereas I know that Luca is really responsible for this thing being the way it is. Yeah. I, I yeah. think that other people looking at it, um, just because it, it, mm. it is so hard to put your finger on what's what exactly is the director doing in a movie like this. Yeah. Um, yeah. That I, I, I personally would love to see the cinematographer and the editor nominated. Yeah. But I don't yeah. think that's going to happen. I think Bohemian yeah. Rhapsody has a better shot for a cinematographer and editor than this picture, which is really that's disgusting sad. to say. <laughs> yeah. Like, it's gross. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, it's weird. I mean, I think I still feel his presence. Like, to me, there is... Oh, I do, too. Um, but yeah,
1: how, how do you define that for someone voting in these categories?
2: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think a lot of people, myself included... You know, if you watch lots of movies, you watch lots of horror movies. You watch that, and you kind of think to yourself, like, this is this isn't really a horror movie as I know it, right? Um,
1: but and, it is horrible.
2: <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, yeah. It is horrible. Um, but I think that's that speaks to the direction that, like, there is like a certain uh, like matter of factness or kind of um, everyday look mm-hmm. or everyday uh, perspective through which we watch some of these atrocities, right? Um,
1: brutalities visceralities like it's yeah it's a um,
2: stunner. you know that's that's sort of a combination of camera placement editing shot duration right like the extent to which all that comes together to give you something that feels unique I think is direction I guess um so you're right it's hard to point to like one thing because it's about kind of how that comes together um but I think some of those dance sequences are, you know, shot with sort of this. Um, you
1: want to stop the podcast right now and go see this movie again? Let's do it. Let's do it.
2: Yep. See you later, folks. Later. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I mean, they're. Uh, I don't know. I, I, I just, I just feel like where the camera is put and the, the angles, they they consistently kind of surprise me, despite not being like. Um, super showy or something? Yeah, yeah, yeah exactly.
1: Um, so for me, the the place where this showed up the most that this is uh, like uh, uh, Luca's voice as a director is the end when she's blowing up heads. Mm. Yeah, when it goes to that slow mo frame, but it feels like everything around her is what's moving slow, and she's moving mm. fast through it. And it's like, yeah, y- you can feel the the earth or the air tear like, yeah. like it's tearing apart in in her wake or, or
0: mm.
1: in front of her because she is so powerful like yeah that is what he's bringing as a director and i don't really know how to define that it's just yeah you see it and you know it like yeah that's yeah. there because of him and no one else yeah. could have put that there yeah god it's such a good scene <laughs> dude right like <laughs> That, that's, I, I haven't updated my list in quite some time mm. for best scenes or best movies of 2018, but yeah. Suspiria is going to be knocking a few pictures out of the best scenes of 2018. What does it mean when you go into a movie with no expectations and it becomes one of your favorite of the year? Oh,
2: that's a great thing.
1: Yeah, you know, like, <laughs> how how often does that happen? Yeah. For me, it was the nice guys. It was it was like the mm. last one I can finger.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. For me, it was a good time which
1: we've yeah. talked about. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I didn't get to respond as strongly to that one, but I, I love yeah. some of the Softy Brothers at their work. Yeah. I mean, before that, maybe Cosmopolis. I had zero expectations, ah, yeah. and I, I just absolutely loved that Cronenberg picture. So yeah, th- this That's, is it's kind great. of in that sport the girls vein for me there where I was really mm. nervous. I yeah. didn't like Call Me By Your Name as much as other people. Yeah. I felt really compassionate towards it. I thought it was a really beautiful thing to look at, but I didn't yeah. respond to it well narratively. Um, And I didn't quite think it was as special as everyone else was Mm. thinking. I think last year, an average would be an 80 to a a 96, probably. I was in the, you know, 54 to 60 camp.
0: Yeah. It's a two and a
1: half for me, really, is what it is. Um, And this one is just... So I went in with these really low expectations, and it just... I can help. (laughs) Threw me down. Like, I, I... he took my eyes and he wrestled me down and yeah. he, he made me look at this thing Yeah, and it was so beautiful to look at, but so jarring and revolting. Yeah. but so beautiful and, yeah. and succulent and spectacular and, and just, it, it is one of the best experiences I've had all year at the cinema. Yeah. and I, I really wish that I could go see it again, but I think it might've left all of our theaters.
2: I know. I don't think it, uh, did particularly well.
1: It did not do well. Box office-wise? I guarantee it did not do well. <laughs> I was keeping an eye on the seating charts yeah. at the uh, Dine-In Bias because mm, you can yeah. look at the seating charts on the AMC app. Yeah. Uh, and I was keeping track all week because I, I was picking my day that I was going to go where I could get a decent seat. and you know. Yeah. It was not selling well. It was not selling well at all. It was yeah. half empty at best the yeah. whole time.
2: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's probably... To some extent, the the same effect that Mother dealt with, right? Uh, yeah,
1: but Mother is one of the best movies ever made, so let's not put it in Mother category.
2: Right, but from a marketing perspective, like Mother was pitched as like a home invasion thriller, which was utterly, utterly reductive. Here, you read the summary, and it's like, a girl joins a dance academy run by a coven of witches. You're like, oh, it's a horror movie. You're like, well...
1: Yeah, it's a, little, kind of, it's a little complicated. It's somewhere between It Comes a Night and Mother, right? Yeah. and, and that yeah. you can't market this movie correctly. Uh, yeah. Right, Hold the Dark was another problem earlier yeah. this year that we yeah. just talked about from last episode.
2: Yeah. About an mm-hmm. hour ago. <laughs> yeah. It seems like six, like good word of mouth comes from, you know, people's expectations kind of being met, right? Like, mm-hmm. this is just not what people might have thought it would be.
1: Especially Maybe but it's uh, a fucking beautiful movie Like That's the problem to come into movies with expectations Yeah And I know that I'm as guilty as sin When we get to the last title of the week With Widows uh, mm. Of having expectations and being mm. completely let down But I, I mean I still had expectations for this movie Because it is a remake of, of a classic I, I saw yeah. it in theaters last year It's very fresh in my mind yeah. It's a beautiful original title But yeah. I mean this one's better and that's I don't like Luca. Like I don't yeah. I don't love him. But this made me you know question mm. exactly what he's doing as a director. Yeah. Um. And and maybe you know uh, I was talking once again about pain and gain, off the mic oh, yeah. and a little yeah, bit yeah. on the mic with you. Um. And and what exactly it might mean for someone to be a designer rather than a director of a film. Mm. Yeah. And I I that that idea came back up for me with this is. He's designing, uh, you, know, you know, our tour theory definitely applies to this film, but yeah. he's also designing something. He yeah. He's slowly building up the outfits and, and the innocence, and, and he's really, um, not just as an author of the lens, but, but as someone who's designing the very edges of which we're looking, right? Oh, yeah. During these transitions of the scenes, we have the Suspiria art stylings, mm-hmm. decorating the outside of the frame. Like, he, he is designing us into... Uh, the sense of what whatever is happening to us. You, you know, yeah. all I can say is voyeurism, but he's manipulating our voyeurism. Yeah. He's designing yeah. us into a corner, kind of. Yeah. And yeah. I, I'm very fascinated by him as, as, a, as an auteur moving forward. And I would love yeah. to move backwards through his filmography uh, next summer since the spring's booked. Yeah, yeah,
2: <laughs> yeah. The word design, I think, is interesting because it does feel to me it does imply in in a good way like an object kind of to be observed rather than uh, in a little bit of a different way from a story that I think is super super involving I don't think this is like this the kind of character driven or involving kind of movie that a lot of horror movies can be where you are perfectly aligned with a a person subject to a scary villain Mm -hmm. right you know um I think i read the uh, Richard Brody at the New Yorker who said it was the cinematic equivalent of a designer t-shirt. Mm. It's very interesting. He meant that as a criticism. I'm like, I think that's a great way to put it mm-hmm. in a good way. Mm-hmm. Um, it does feel designed um, and orchestrated, and I think in the best possible way. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great thing. Um, I think that the meticulousness here. Uh, is just a sign of kind of devotion to the craft Mm -hmm. um so i think i would take those same words and use it as praise (laughs) yes
1: yeah right there's there's some designer t-shirts that look stupid yeah there's some that look really cool and you're like Mm -hmm. how much does that cost and you're like fuck no yeah but the weekend's wearing it so you're like it's kind of cool anyways Yeah. yeah It, it's like one of those, one of the designer t-shirts that the weekend would wear. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> not, not the designer t-shirts that Kanye would wear. <laughs> yeah, yeah,
2: exactly. Because um, sometimes it does feel like you're just watching performance art. Yeah, right? it really. Uh, it, I, I think a that a thing.
1: few um, reviews on Letterbox specifically called this an art house film yeah. or an art house a- exploitation film. Yeah, and yeah. I don't, I I don't know which is. More true, I think both are extremely true, but it's somewhere in there.
2: Yeah, yeah, I would agree. I mean, are there many people you know who you would recommend it to? No, I don't know. There are many. No, there's not.
1: But I can say that if you're open to seeing it, yeah, I think that you have to. Yeah, because whether or not you come away, um, enraged and grossed out or if you come away, enthralled and stupefied. You yeah. will have a, a cinematic experience that you can't really get somewhere else. And and as I'm saying these words, I, I'm starting to understand what you mean by your comparison to Mother.
0: <laughs> mm, it is yeah. like
1: watching Mother. It It yeah. is something that will affect you, and whether or not you take it well, you yeah. will be affected, and that is a beautiful thing to say about a film.
2: Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think both these movies can be discussed in terms, especially Mother, but both, can be discussed in terms of their their themes for days, and weeks, and months, but I think the sensory appeal and just, and how, like, distinct they feel, just mm-hmm. how they feel like they're really own unique things that just are so unfamiliar they're, they're each is what the makes word them special. palpable. Yeah, yeah. Um, many, many movies might be able to try to, um, work with similar themes but i just don't expect to watch any other movie that feels quite like these movies feel mm-hmm. you know
1: um just a small note before we move on yeah. as i was walking into the theater the ticket taker was talking to one of his coworkers about the film that i was going to see and he didn't know what my ticket was and he was mm. just talking about *Suspiria*. and he's like he's talking to, to his coworker, and he's like you haven't seen it yet you idiot i've seen it four times Love it and I was like, <laughs> four times. I'm probably gonna hate this movie. Yeah, you know because normally when a ticket taker says it's the best movie, I'm like, eh. you yeah. know The last time someone said that was like Hurricane Heist. Yeah, and I was like, eh. <laughs> I'm yeah. quite concerned. Yeah, but th- this is you know just a small anecdote of there are certain yeah. people that are really gonna love this that are just yeah. normal people, and there's normal people are going to hate... Th- like, I couldn't yeah. look my mom in the eyes and tell her to watch this movie.
2: Oh, no, I wouldn't Couldn't either.
1: look my dad in the eyes and tell him to watch this movie. Yeah. But, like, my stepmom, maybe. Maybe. Yeah. Maybe. You know, there there's certain people that could really like this journey. Um, yeah. Or at least be affected by it in such a way that they don't regret having seen it. Yeah. Not yeah. necessarily that you respond positively to it, but that you don't regret that you saw it. Yeah, is is almost more of the marker of whether or not you should yeah. watch this. <laughs> yeah,
2: yeah. I mean, it, yeah, it is interesting. Like, I could see some people watching this, and you know, we praise it as feeling so kind of distinct and unique. They would say something felt off, and it's like exactly yes, <laughs> exactly. <Yes. laughs>
1: that that is why greatness. we clap at the end of it because it was off.
2: Yeah, uh, I was like just thinking about how many movies i've watched this year which is because of movie pass and amc a-list which is easily
1: and the podcast yes and filmstruck way more movies than i've ever watched in my life yeah Yeah. uh
2: when you do finally watch something that just feels as distinct as this you just love it that much more
1: yes you do (laughs) yeah that's that's a good way Mm -hmm. of putting it um Mm -hmm. so final notes mia goth is incredible uh, Dakota Agreed. Johnson, incredible. Tilda Swinton, incredible. The supporting cast, very, very good. Chloe Grace Moretz, eh. Your Fair final, enough. Your final thoughts?
2: Go see it while you can, because I don't know that it'll be around very long. Okay. Tom York's score, that was great. Oh, yes. Beautiful.
1: Thank you for bringing that up. Wonderful. Very, very good. Yeah. Very, uh, very His very, bandmate, very good.
2: Johnny Greenwood, gets a lot of praise for all of his scores. Tom York's like, hey, I could do that too. He proves and he does. I can do it better. It's pretty solid work. Just ask me. It's quite nice.
1: Um. <laughs> to the other side of the wind, we go. Let's
2: do it. Just like me and God, how could you tell us apart? Patrick's
0: new movie. The
2: other side of the wind.
0: What's that about the movie? We don't talk about the movie. So you old guys are trying to get with it. Is that what this movie's about? Well, we don't actually know. What do we know? Jake is just making it up as he goes along.
1: So this Orson Welles picture, you know, came out as it was scheduled. 2018, right. started production, what, 1960?
2: 70? 60? Pretty quick production period, yeah. I think.
1: Yeah. yeah, Yeah. nice and short. Um, yeah. We watched this in 4K at your... Uh, Ultra
2: HD Ultra 4K.
1: HD at our... Uh, Queen Anne studio you know we've got a few different studios we're at the North Seattle studio right now we we watched this one at the Queen Anne (laughs) studio got a lot of paper coming in the drink in the movies Mm -hmm. Um, and I I mean We didn't exchange much conversation Mm. as the picture went on, but uh, I I did request we pause it for uh, (laughs) a restroom break. For some discussion And and then I I asked you uh, kind of a leading question to see if you were going Mm. where I was, and then I explained to you what I was seeing. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And then we watched the documentary afterwards. Mm. Um, Using the documentary, using that kind of discussion... Mm. Did you, in reflection now, have you noticed anything different about the picture than when we departed?
2: Um, Since watching the documentary, I think the documentary enriched it to some degree. I don't know that it's necessarily like changed the angle at which I look at it. Um, sounds like did, did maybe it, it did for you. It
1: brought a higher definition or a higher Got resolution. It. Yeah, like it didn't yeah, change yeah. anything, but gotcha. I saw it very much more gotcha. clearly.
2: Yeah. Sometimes you see a making of and it completely like, recontextualizes Shifts the perspective. i don't no, know like that it was one of those experiences High resolution um yeah um and it definitely uh deepened my appreciation for it which i think is a sign of success yeah. of the documentary um i guess we'll kind of talk about that s- separately i think um, we kind of have to talk it, about it's it together, really i don't it's really hard to, to separate the two now
1: i i, um, I don't I mean, when we talk about the documentary, we'll talk about it. But I think we should yeah. use the documentary to inform this yeah, conversation we as much as seen we have it to. now. Yeah,
2: yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, I definitely think that the the documentary enriched it, but didn't didn't um, change it. my feelings yeah. for it, just kind of deepen them, I guess. Um, but yeah, um, I loved it. Four with the heart. You gave it a four, a four, four, and and a half. Half. four and a and a half you Feel good.
1: Yeah, it's yep. it's never gonna go down. It's only yep. gonna go up.
2: I like it. Great viewing experience. Very good. It probably would have been like a three without the ultra HD 4K, right? No, but it wouldn't. <laughs> it wouldn't have been
1: as 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 you know. Yeah. Like it's it's hard to put your finger on, but it's it's the word yeah. as. It wouldn't have been as as.
2: Yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah. Uh, I mean. Yeah, thinking back to the documentary, they sort of explicitly talk about uh, Orson Welles um, poking fun or at least kind of, you know, teasing some of the European art house cinema mm-hmm. that was coming out at the time. Um, and I see that in retrospect. I maybe didn't feel that a ton well, I in the movie. I don't believe that.
1: I don't believe that for a second. No? No. I, I think Ooh. that he wanted to tease it. Mm-hmm. But what he really was was jealous of it.
2: Oh, that's interesting. No, I think it um, was Envy. I think what we're seeing mm. is
1: Envy. Because what we see in The Other Side mm. of the Wind, in that movie that's inside of The Other Side of the Wind, yeah, is such a special-looking movie. Such a mm. beautiful-looking movie. And it's the most over-edited part of the entire movie, yeah. which we find out in the documentary. yeah. It's the yeah. thing he spent the most time on. yeah. So to me, that doesn't say he's making fun of something that says mm. he's envious of something and he wants to do it better without mm. going to their level. Mm. He's doing it at his level. Mm. That makes sense. And and that's also brought about because of the documentary, um, be, because we see how little money he had and how he was yeah. acting to direct and, and y- you know, how he had no money and how he was working yeah. And these these other directors that are doing these art house films just get money to direct their art house films, and he might have been yeah. very bitter and envious of that. Yeah. And this was maybe him taking out not only his anger at them, but his anger at Hollywood. Mm. And this thing yeah. conglomerated the two together.
2: Yeah. Yeah, that's interesting. This is like, just a slightly different angle from which I think I saw it, which was mainly maybe that he did seek out, or did want to poke fun at it, but was... Still, just too good of a director to not make that inner movie as good as it is, right? Like,
1: but but it's better than the outer movie. (laughs) You think so? Yeah, I think that your review illustrated it best. You would rather, or you still want want to see that movie movie more than you wanted to see the movie we watched, right?
2: I do very much. Um, but I mean, I think like for a good part of that, for a good part of the outer movie, I think. I was able to take the inner one relatively seriously until, like, it's probably within, like, the last 15 minutes or something. You see, like, the giant inflatable cock, right? mm mm-hmm. um, Which I... It, for me, like, it literally was not until that point that I thought, like, this is, like, sarcastic at this point. Oh, um, really? Yeah. There's
1: a lot of phallic imagery before then.
2: Right, but I don't know that it was quite so deliberately Mocking. tongue-in-cheek, yeah. I guess. Until that point, where he was like, "Okay, I dare you to ignore this." Yeah. Um, So,
1: just briefly, I knew in the back of my head who the interviewer reporter um, that keeps bothering him, the the young gal, was. Mm. Like, I understood it, but I didn't know exactly who that person was until we Mm. watched the documentary. Oh yeah, and one that. we know for a fact that that's Pauline Kael. Mm. I was just elated, and and yep. I feel mm. like we need to do a, like a deep dive some sometime when we have time on the show into maybe her top pictures that oh, she yeah. ever reviewed, and oh, um, yeah. just bring the listeners in on that. Watch it for ourselves and, and talk fun. about it because if she was so affecting to be a character in his magnum opus, yeah. I I think that she is probably a very special critic. Yeah. And I yep. can't wait for that documentary whenever we get the chance to see it.
2: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I would never have known without the documentary that that was maybe the person that this was But But to you did
1: get, like, the sense, right? Because she is so um, just direct and, and brutal in, in her interrogation lines. Yeah, yeah, him. yeah. It just, mm-hmm. you, you know, like... It's kind of that thing in the back of your head where you're like, I, mm-hmm. I feel like it's Pauline, but I, I don't know. Yeah, you know,
2: um, we didn't know. But well, I mean, it felt that
1: yeah, way. it, it, to-
2: it, makes sense in hindsight, but like, I just don't want to profess to have to have known. Oh, okay. I, That's I definitely all. felt mm-hmm.
1: it. I, yeah. I didn't yeah. know it, but I felt it.
2: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, did you like Peter Bogdanovich? I did. Yeah,
1: I did. I liked his mm-hmm. dual role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> me
2: too. Um. So yeah, I definitely uh,
1: appreciate it more after the documentary than I did yeah. beforehand. Yeah.
2: Yeah. One thing uh now I'm jumping a little bit to the documentary, but they talk a little bit in the documentary about their falling out and mm-hmm. Orson Welles criticizing him or making mm-hmm. fun of him on yeah. uh, a late night show. Late night show. Yeah. I was a little confused about that. That was actually yeah, one was Burt
1: Reynolds, right?
2: Burt exactly. Reynolds and Orson in front of him. I wasn't sure why. I kind of wanted to know a little bit more. Um about why that happened. I don't think the documentary made that very clear for me. Well,
1: I was looking at his um, filmography. Yeah. And around that point in time is when he no longer made good movies.
2: Around the time of the... uh, Of The Other Side of the Wind.
1: The end of The Other Side of the Wind. uh, When when Orson kind of did that, he was no longer making those good movies that signaled he would be a great director. Mm -hmm. And he's not making them now. Yeah. Um. This is his first release that I think is getting unanimous positive praise. Yeah. Um. Yeah. So. I I mean I I see why and I I I definitely understand why Orson was doing it. Because Orson was bitter. Yeah. He he didn't Peter just kick him out of the house and made Orson actually acknowledge that he is a failure and that he has been mo- mooching. You know, like. Yeah. Although Orson is a is an incredibly talented, powerful idea. He's still mm-hmm. just uh, an a man who's scared at bottom. Yeah. And yeah. he was kicked out of the place that he felt secure and it had to acknowledge who he was as a person, which is someone that yeah. wasn't deriving wealth or working very hard um or or yeah. you know making his own way. And I yeah. think that he resented that. And he yeah. was uh, instead of acknowledging his own faults, taking it out on Peter.
2: Yeah. That makes sense. Um an interesting relationship. Um it I, is. I, I, I uh um
1: it's the master apprentice relationship, right?
2: <laughs> exactly. Yeah, and uh that that line at the drive in right at the end of the Other Side of the Wind is um just that interesting kind of caption where he says he I think he says daddy. He says what I do daddy uh-huh. um just it, it's a funny line but it also seems to sort of um underline um his frustration like with what the hell man um, and, and that fissure that seems to have sprouted between them um, but I also just think like, he's, he's just so kind of visually appropriate for the role because John Houston is so tough and kind of bitter and Bogdanovich kind of has that almost kind of like soft puppy dog kind of look mm-hmm. um, I just think they have like a really kind of thrilling chemistry between them
1: I, I um, definitely agree. What do you think of John Houston's performance? Oh, it was great.
2: I really liked it. Um,
1: do you think Orson Welles was correct in the documentary when he said, uh, I should have kept the part for myself. It's the best part.
2: <laughs> I think John Houston was right for the role.
1: I, I definitely agree, but I, I do think that that's one of those roles where I I would be fascinated if he didn't trust John Houston and he reshot mm. everything with himself as well. Yeah. Like yeah. that's one of the things that I wish would have happened,
2: you know? Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. What's interesting only because I don't, I don't have a lot to say about it, but I, you know, I watched uh, F for fake mm-hmm. like a couple of days before where Orson Welles is a character in that one kind of, and it's more of like a visual essay. And I do like that the other side of the wind feels like a story, like a very, very clear narrative. Um, it might have felt even too too explicitly self-referential to have had Orson in the role. Here. Yeah, um, I, I think I like just that additional layer of distance we get with John Houston there, um, and he just looks good, so he grizzled does. and uh, drinking
1: liquor and smoking yeah. cigars. He he Classic just looks Orson. good
2: smoking a cigar, right? Mm-hmm. So uh, does Orson though. He, I know who smokes it better. I don't know.
1: Mm. <laughs> Uh, question film critics will be answering uh-huh. for the end of time Yeah. Um, I, I guess what do you think about the parts that we definitely feel quite certain Orson edited in the beginning
2: what are you thinking of
1: do you remember the incredible fast cuts in the beginning
2: um, gotta be more specific incredibly fast um, I mean, it, it, a lot of it felt <clears throat> really fast. So
1: the the beginning of the film, to me, felt more, but more. It felt like it had more fingers on it. it felt like mm. it really had been gone through. Yeah. Um I, We I, I, this is the not the film inside the film. Yeah. This is just the That's film the when that when everyone's thing. shooting everyone, mm. and we have all these crazy cuts. Yeah. Wham 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 wham, wham and we're cutting from each cameraman and they're all looking at John Houston and that we hear these cameras flashing and everybody asking questions and do you remember yeah. that kind of supercut? Oh yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Hey, yeah. W- 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 did you enjoy that? Totally. Oh okay. yeah,
2: yeah. I mean th- I mean I think that's the the highlight of the movie. Yeah. Is the editing itself. Um, otherwise I think this might lack the excitement that the editing gives it. Definitely.
1: Um, we, would, If I remember correctly, we were both quite winded, just attempting to yeah. keep up with the picture at that point. It, yeah, definitely. <laughs> I mean,
2: there are no easy character introductions, right? Like, you're just picking it up as you go, who is who, as you watch them kind Why of interact. You're like, okay, I guess this is, you know, a, a, a critic or something like that. Or,
0: um, or, or, I
2: don't this know. is someone else. This is another crew member or something like that. Um, there is no hand-holding by any means um
1: he does not help you out
2: no not at all and you don't want a director to you know you want a director who gives you the opportunity to to make connections sometimes for
1: yourself. you do this is not a movie that would have benefited from it
2: yeah yeah um you know it's just having the, the, the dots put out there for you through the edit and you're connecting them yourselves um so, I, yeah.
1: the, the other master edit scene, which we come to find out about in the documentary, mm. I, I don't think you or I had a clue while we were watching the bathroom scene.
2: Oh, yeah. Great how scene. How
1: edited it was. Mm. But after watching the documentary, we know how edited mm. it was. What an incredible scene, right?
2: Great scene. I don't really know what to make of it thematically, if you have something, by all means. But uh, I um, do, but mm. I'd
1: have to watch it, and then I'd have mm. to just... Uncork my mouth and mm-hmm. just just yeah. splash ideas out. Work through it. Yeah, you know you have to watch it and then you have to talk about it and then watch it and talk. You, yeah, there's no way to reflect on it and have it. Oh yeah, it's hard because
2: I do, it's not like I remember what immediately precedes or follows it, but I do. You so clearly remember all the doors closing and then the faces behind mm-hmm. them, right? Um, I,
1: I can tell you that it's it felt like Reverse Lolita. Oh, that's interesting. That's how I it like that. felt yeah that's that's as much as i can say about there you that go scene. that's it that's it for um, me the, the car scene is interesting knowing that it was peter bogdanovich mm. in one of those scenes yeah you're right great um, scene that that they had uh their paraplegic friend in in a wheelchair <laughs> with flashlights and they pushed him past so that it seemed like they were driving oh, yeah. down the road while the rain yeah. <laughs> was pouring from the hoses uh just i mean Half of the appreciation of this film comes from watching it. Half comes from mm-hmm. watching the documentary, so you can even understand yeah. how to appreciate what you just watched. Yeah,
0: and even it's if very like, hard to
1: talk about them separately.
2: If you just let go of, you know, making sense of a lot of it, I just think it. I just think it looks great. Mm-hmm. Um, even though some of these shots are really so does. fast, you still think to yourself time and time again, like, "Wow, that was a great shot." Um, there's like a lot of uh there's a lot of candles throughout this party which is odd but some of those candlelight well, shots out. Oh that's right you're right you're right I forgot about that. Um I was thinking I was fact. just thinking about these shots in hindsight you know out of context I was like why do why were there candles you're right because the lights go out. Um but I you know I had these shots in my memory of you know the the candle lights and them reflecting off Peter Blocke's glasses. Mm-hmm. Um uh you know the, again just the sensory appeal you know for somebody who's not interested in movies and not interested in what this has to do with Orson Welles or his history, I think could still get a lot of satisfaction out of just the thrill you get from uh, the the rate at which it's cutting from yeah. all these different perspectives. from just looking at this movie. Totally. It yeah.
1: Did, I I don't have much more to say about this particular yeah. movie because how much is documentary mm-hmm. centric about the appreciation. Um, yeah. Do you feel like moving on? Let's do it it's a great movie four and a half from me four from you
2: done
0: the other side of the wind is the crazy picture it's not a work of fiction and it's a little of everything it's kind of a departure in movie making Orson Welles was the ultimate independent filmmaker somewhere between Zen Master and God
2: they'll love me when I'm dead directed by I forget his name Morgan Neville
1: Morgan Neville
2: he did uh, Won't You Be My Neighbor.
1: Oh. He's had a good year. Of fame, yes. Yeah. Yeah, you're right. I did look at his IMDb. I just... Too many IMDb's this week. Yeah. Um. This is a great documentary. It made me appreciate the movie we just talked about so much more. Yeah. I, I, I ooze love for this. I, I didn't totally. rate it particularly high, three and a half, yeah.
2: Maybe four. How could it be higher, though? Like, yeah. it's... In a way, it just feels like a bonus feature. I mm-hmm. don't know. That sounds...
1: Yeah, kind of like it a criticism, feels like, but... the, um, like something you would normally get in the extras of a Blu-ray. Yeah.
2: Which I want. Like, yeah. that's not a bad thing. It's yeah, just, it just like, makes you don't give Ray those better. fives. Those yeah. aren't masterpieces. They're, exactly. uh, they're just accoutrements. Extras. Yeah. Is
1: that the right word? Accoutrement. I think
2: that's the right yeah. word. Is that an appetizer or is that just a side dish?
1: Uh, we're talking about it. <laughs> it's we're one of those. trying to pronounce it correctly. <laughs> don't get into what it actually means. <laughs> Whatever. Um, is his name Gary the cinematographer? Yeah, think yeah. that sounds right. He he, this documentary really brought him to life and made me appreciate him quite a bit. Um, definitely, I don't remember his last name, but definitely a special person. Um, one thing that happened while I was watching this is I really wanted to try to make a point, since um, Amazon decided to be a total asshole Uh-oh. and not release Don Quixote... Um. <laughs> Hopefully, we'll get it by next year. Mm -hmm. And I would like when we get it to try to find the working version of Orson Welles' Don Quixote and Uh, pair them together. I thought that that would be 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 a nice pairing for the podcast. Yep.
2: Just need Amazon to do their part.
1: Well, Amazon's (laughs) uh, dropped out. So we'll see if we ever get Don Quixote. Uh, (laughs) You know, that'd be cool. Small problems. It's not like Michael can do anything to Mm -hmm. fix these problems, guys.
2: Sorry, folks. No can do. But, uh, yeah. I gave it a three and a half. That's what you gave it? Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three
1: and a half or four. Somewhere in there. Yeah. Either one's fine. Either one is very similar. Yeah.
2: Yeah. I think I gave it a four four. initially, and then I kind of realized I might never watch this again. Yeah. Um, Seems odd to give it. I don't know.
1: It's great. So the one thing this did is it definitely made me feel like, because there's so much footage of Mm. The Other Side of the Wind, Mm -hmm. that we haven't seen the final version yet. And it feels like um, this is one of those magnum opuses that will never truly be finished. Mm. And this documentary really brings about how Orson didn't ever feel like it was really done and didn't want it to be done. Mm. And I think that if we treat it as a living film that hasn't yet seen its final cut, that'll Mm. be better for everyone. Yeah. Like, I I would like to see a different take. I, I would like to see an editor paid overpaid by Netflix for a year to try to do Mm. with the end what Orson did with the beginning as far as those really rapid fast cuts
2: yeah yeah just
1: be because why not you know we we live in this point in time where enough people enough eyeballs are going to look at this that you could pretend it's profitable yeah and it is such a masterwork that I would like to see multiple interpretations of it. I I don't want this to be the final interpretation, and I don't think that Orson would either. I think that he would like to know that people are still trying to cut the right version of the film that he shot that he never thought could be finished.
2: Yeah, I mean, I forget how many hours they said of footage they ultimately had, but to think about... I feel like uh, it was 80. Yeah, because they originally had the the actor who was not Peter Bogdanovich playing Mm -hmm. that part, right? Mm -hmm. They basically shot... Most the whole thing most
1: of it and Half then he's like yeah you're not right for it yeah that's just insane <laughs> but amazing
2: yeah yeah that's uh that's awesome
1: that's, insane, that's what you but want amazing. from a director right
2: mm-hmm. um to uh to care about their work that much right that they're willing to scrap it yeah um that's what made me think about uh i know you haven't seen his stuff yet or maybe you're not excited but uh there's that director i've talked about xavier dolan um yes. Who uh, I'm interested, yeah,
1: lukewarm interested. I don't yeah. want to get my hopes high and then yeah. be let down yeah, 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 because then it won't be of service to him. Yeah, I don't. Rather, I don't think it's gotten. I'd rather have low expectations and enjoy it. Yeah. So it's a three. Yeah. You know?
2: Um. Yeah, I, I don't think it's gotten great reviews so far. But he, his next movie is called uh, "The Death and Life of John F. Donovan," I think. Yes. And he shot a bunch of footage. Isn't
1: that a Christopher Abbott picture?
2: Yeah. Uh. God, no. is that right? I don't
0: think it is Chris Gravity. It's the guy Snow. from
2: uh John Snow, exactly. Okay. I was trying to remember his name. Yeah. He shot a bunch of footage with Jessica Chastain and then cut her out of it. So Good. She wasn't right. Yeah. Um which He's you know, been off. <laughs> yeah, you know. Um all, yeah. Point the Juilliard being,
1: kids are off right Yeah. Now. Anytime
2: you just you, you you hear these little snippets about a, will, a director's willingness to make those sacrifices, mm-hmm. um, just can't help but peak your interest right oh yeah you're like man what was what was better um because i don't know you just you just want people to care about their craft um so i don't know how much footage there 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 is in total i don't remember what the documentary said but it just is astonishing to think about what the total number of hours spent on this project was
1: and the legal battles and yeah the, you know the efforts he went to to try to get financing and yeah. what happened with the financiers that he had after um yeah what happened in the middle east um <laughs> yeah. you know it's who who knew that uh, the arab spring would affect an orson welles yeah. picture right
2: yeah it is kind of surreal for
0: sure
1: it's a good documentary. I think everyone that watches The Other Side of the Wind should watch it, but they should watch The Other Side of the Wind first. Totally. I don't have that much yeah. more to say about this documentary. This is maybe the shortest review we have for one of our <laughs> pictures.
2: I would agree. Yeah. If you watch The Other Side of the Wind, watch it. If you don't watch The Other Side of the Wind, don't watch it. Yeah. Right? Unless
1: you love Orson Welles and you're not watching The Other Side of the Wind for some You stumble reason. on
2: this without knowing who Orson Welles is. Don't watch
1: it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know who you are, how you got here. <laughs> I have a very particular set of skills, and that set of skills is telling you what order to watch Orson Welles in.
2: I don't know if the if the algorithm on Netflix could could jack something up and put this people put this on people's watch list ahead of it is the other side of the Every wind. Every
1: time I turn my Wii U on. it tells me to watch The Other Side of the Wind and I'm like I already watched it on a different Netflix account assholes I gave it a thumbs up on my account you think I need to watch it again what more do you want from me just let me watch Frasier (laughs) pushy man uh Widows
2: Widows my husband left me the plans for his next job all I need is a crew to pull it off why should we trust you anyway because I'm the only one standing between you and a bullet in your head
0: what I've learned from men like your late husband and my father is that you reap what you sow. Let's hope so.
2: On to our last movie for the episode, Steve McQueen's Widows.
1: This was, I believe, your most anticipated feature film of the year. Is that correct? It was up there for sure. What, what was higher? Just out of curiosity myself. Um, Because I got the sense that it was.
2: Good question. Going into the year, what was at the top of the list? This was up there. Um, First Man was probably up there. Um, we heard about that one so long ago; it feels like that had been on my radar. Um, I don't really remember now. At the start of the year, um, support the girls. Actually, I well, I mean hearing... during the during
1: the year, probably. Yeah, yeah. Just like which which movie after experiencing this year? Because we're we're at the end of it. Whether or Just not we about, want to admit it. Yeah. Uh, is this the one that you have the highest expectations for?
2: Actually, the one that we still haven't seen that I think I probably have been most excited for the is uh, If Beale Street Could Talk.
1: Really? Probably. Interesting. Yeah, it is the yeah. only movie that I've seen you read a book for.
2: Yeah, right. So. Exactly. <laughs> that proves how excited I am. Yeah. I read a book.
1: He's willing to read about 186 <laughs> pages of large Yuck. font. <laughs> Yuck reading. <laughs> um But this is up there. Definitely this is pretty high up there. It is Definitely. not that good of a movie. Yeah, I think so. No, I don't. It's oh, constrained by its narrative. Uh a thought that I had quite consistently while I was watching this was Gillian, don't adapt to someone else's book anymore. Mm. Like never again. Interesting. Gillian's writing should be her own like if she's gonna live mm. or die off of being a screenwriter it should be off of her own work yeah i don't want to see her adapt to someone else's book again because mm. i feel like she was constrained by what the book did and what mm. steve wanted so she couldn't give mm. I, like i never felt her coming through except in these really brief moments that i i don't even know that i felt her or if i felt mcqueen mm. like that opening um tongue kiss right mm. like i didn't know whether i like i feel like that's mcqueen from shame like i mm. yeah. feel like that body um on the body depiction through the lens is very mcqueen but i also question whether or not it could be gillian mm. you know and i never saw her voice come through and mm. i never i i, I personally don't want to ever watch another gillian flynn um screenplay where i don't feel her voice come through because she has such Mm -hmm. a great voice and it's such a shame Mm -hmm. that i didn't feel it come through
2: so what uh you know what is the tone you felt and what was the tone that you think she might have provided i don't know the the tone that
1: i that that's the thing i i there's i this is the same thing as too many screenwriters i don't Mm. feel like there was enough room for her voice because Mm. mcqueen is an auteur Mm
0: -hmm. or
1: i believe he's an auteur um, mm-hmm. Which means someone that's working behind the lens and in front of the lens, even even when even though he's not an actor, he's still working in front of the lens. He's manipulating what's in front of the lens in, in such a mm-hmm. um, nuanced way that he mm-hmm. is not only weaving the tapestry in front of the lens as well as behind it, and he assisted with the screenwriting process. Yeah, he's listed above Gillian mm-hmm. as a screenwriter.
0: Yeah, yeah. And they're
1: adapting a novel called *Widows*.
0: Yeah,
2: that she didn't yeah.
1: write so I just felt I found her voice lost um, the mm. things that I would point to to where I, I think that I felt her are things mm. where I don't know if I'm feeling her or Steve mm. yeah
2: I could see that um, it doesn't feel did, like did a, you feel
1: like her? did you feel like you could sense her anywhere? not
2: really and I'm fine with that I mean to me this is this isn't Gone Girl this is not uh, this sharp, sharp objects, objects yeah. right um, this is uh, a director's film to me. Um this this feels like a but Steve could, a Steve do, McQueen. Do you movie. think he could have um,
1: do you think he couldn't have made this movie without her?
2: Um I don't know. It's hard to say. I, it's I like, feel like
1: he could have made it without her and that that's, that's maybe mm. my, my biggest complaint. Like I, mm. I Gillian is such a talent I don't want her wasted. It's kind of how mm. I feel about JK Rowling and this last Fantastic Beast movie. Like she's such a talent why are we wasting it? Like okay you're going to make a fantastic beast movie spend 350 million dollars on special effects and giant creatures then mm. because whatever the hell I just watched was not worth it.
2: Yeah, I mean I think we maybe then watched it kind of from different angles. I mean if you if you go in looking for for Gilly and Flynn I think you don't get that. No. Right, but whether it's Steve McQueen's voice over hers I just I think
1: I, the I think, product I like. I think it might have been that we spent so much time with Sharp Objects. Mm-hmm. She's such a strong feminine narrative teller, narrative yeah. storyteller, that when I saw this was an all-female narrative, yeah. I really set my expectations quite lofty.
0: Mm. And yeah. I was
1: really, really, really let down. Yeah, And I, I, mm. I did not like the double turn.
2: The double turn? What do you mean?
1: Liam Neeson's oh him coming back yeah I gotcha <laughs> did not care for that yeah i i just i didn't generally care for it, it Yeah, it was decent the performances mm. were all right michelle rodriguez surprised me she she wasn't bad yeah um elizabeth digbicki was fantastic uh, viola was okay it's not yeah. her best performance by a long shot um yeah. cynthia Riva was wasted um, oh come on she was great oh no she's too good Hard, i mean it's when, not, it's when not i say wasted song. i mean she did not have a nine hour part <laughs> right
2: it is yeah there's only so much dialogue to go around here as, as a star
1: of the show you know she's lucy right. boyden status yeah pretty much she's lucy wasted and if she Cynthia. doesn't get nine hours out of a one and a half hour movie
2: yeah yeah um yeah i mean you know if you kind of go back to that that adage that a film is a director's medium tv is a writer's medium i think Gillian you're Flynn right. is maybe better suited for something like sharp objects, where I think her right. voice is felt. Whereas, regardless of what their contributions are, I I I like the I just like the product. It's hard to know. I mean, I, I could see her maybe playing a role in figuring out how to just take something off the page and get it on the screen. But him saying, "I'm the filmmaker. Like, let's tweak this for the sake of shooting it," um, you know. Um,
1: I I think I'm
2: maybe more open to collaborations than you. Um.
1: To me, um, j- just to kind of explain where I'm coming from, I, if I was to pretend that I could be Steve McQueen and that I had mm-hmm. Gillian Flynn access, yeah. I would ask her to adapt the book as a screenplay. And then, as the incredible director I am as Steve McQueen, yeah, I would take a bunch of liberties and cut how I want. yeah. But I didn't feel like she adapted the book as a screenplay and then he did what he wanted which Mm. is maybe how i envisioned what this collaboration would look like
2: yeah so so had had she done that Mm -hmm. what do you think would have changed
1: i think that he would have used visual imagery to communicate storytelling a lot better Mm. instead of relying on his ability to manipulate the dialogue
0: gotcha because i don't
1: Mm. i didn't feel like the dialogue particularly did anything great Gotcha. And I didn't feel that the visuals particularly did anything great. And I definitely oh. expected great visuals.
2: Oh, I thought it looked so good. That's like where, I think that's it, where most of It never of I, looked bad, but yeah. I don't think it ever looked
1: great. I think it, yeah. I agree, it looked good. It did yeah. look good. Yeah. But when did it look great?
2: Oh, I think right from the get-go. You um, liked that
1: van explosion.
2: I think the, the van explosion was I've great. I've seen it in the trailer um, too many
1: times where I was like, okay, give me the next one. And I never yeah. got a next one. I yeah. got a flashback to the same sequence.
2: Yeah, um, that's fair. Uh, uh, I, I think that opening kiss is particularly startling because of how sort of aggressive it is. And I think cross cut with the intensity of that chase really added up to more than either of those scenes hmm. could have been in, in themselves. Um, I believe you. I don't get that, though. Yeah, I mean, I, you know, I think about the cross cutting in something like Suspiria. And I think this is equally effective oh. to a completely different end.
1: Which one did you rate higher?
2: They're both four and a halves.
1: Widows I've gone back Widows and forth was between them. So oh, I've
2: a... I've bumped I've changed it and me- I had
1: a plan about how to attack you with my words <laughs> and then you shift the math <laughs> on me.
2: <laughs> Widows have gone up and down. It's definitely not a five, kind of a four, four and a half. I can't really decide. I've I've been moving it back and forth. Okay, I thought it was a four.
1: So I was yeah, coming into this with was some assumptions some yeah. about it being a four, gotcha, and us only mm. being a star away. And I was like, okay, we're pretty similar, but a star and a half. Now give it a three. Give it to me. <laughs> it's a three. Yeah, it's a high mm. three.
0: Mm. It's a
1: sixty-four. Round, mm. rounded down, that's a three. You know, you you yeah. gotta take the letterbox star system into account.
2: Yeah, yeah. I
1: I am beginning to feel after watching this many movies. For mm-hmm. the year, just because of my goal and because of the show, I'm really starting to feel the the restraints of the letterboxed. Oh yeah, and I, sure. I'm definitely considering moving forward, doing what some other mm. reviewers do, and just doing it out of a hundred. It's review. weird. It's,
2: I I go the opposite way. Sometimes I'm tempted to just not rate. <laughs> I mm-hmm. go the other direction. Well <laughs> oh, there's lots of movies
1: and... that I don't feel comfortable rating, but some yeah. of the movies that I do want to rate, like I I'd, I'd like to explain why it's a three and that it is yeah. a high three. Yeah. Yeah. yeah.
2: Um, yeah, I th- yeah, I thought the the, the cross cutting at the beginning was great. I think how um, Viola Davis's relationship with Liam Neeson is recontextualized throughout the film as we flash back. I thought was great. Um, mm, I was, I just wasn't there for that. Yeah. I didn't care.
1: I did. I yeah, was I was on Viola's side, and once yeah. I knew he was alive, I was, you know and then anytime you cast Carrie Coon in a movie and I don't spend the whole movie with Carrie Coon who's Carrie Coon? I get a little bit bitter uh, that is the girl that he left Viola Davis for ah got it yeah she the was other... also the uh one of the CG villains in Avengers Infinity War oh. and I n- nudged you on the shoulder and I said that's Carrie Coon you said who's that? ah I was like you've never <laughs> watched The Leftovers Michael you well, piece of shit next time
2: I see her I'll be sure to ask who's that?
1: yeah <laughs> Fargo season three, The Leftovers. There you go. She's a fantastic <laughs> actress, and you're just wasting away not watching just her. Had
2: life. a sported role here. <clears throat> um, I thought Daniel Kaluuya was awesome. He Loved was him.
1: brutal. I fucking so hated him. He was so good. Like he made so me hate. Him. <laughs> I went from empathy. Like you were in Get Out, dude. Like. I feel so sorry for you. I hope yeah. you're okay to so I hope you die
2: <laughs> bad dude, and he uh, died. easily <laughs> one of my favorite supporting characters um in a long time um you know that
1: stab stab, stab of the paralyzed uh, guy trying to figure out where he can feel uh.
2: and you know, great wide shots there you know of uh, you know four to five bowling lanes, um them squared right in the middle. Um, just just great shots, and then you know he doesn't have a ton of screen time, but his presence I just think kind of lingers from scene to scene. You're like, it does. he's going to show up again because you know he's in the
1: background of a lot of the Viola Davis scenes yeah. as well. Yeah. Um. Would you think of Brian Tyree Henry? I thought he was solid. Yeah, I liked him. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Paperboy. Uh, paper boy.
2: All about that. Yeah, he had a, he had a more interesting balance of sort of um menace and vulnerability mm-hmm. right he's nervous about actually getting elected but is also intimidating when he needs to be um i thought he his his nuances were felt right um i remember i think it was during first impressions you said you were hesitant or skeptical about uh michelle rodriguez
1: i um, was i was very
2: did she uh would she was good better she or was, okay she was yeah. okay
1: she wasn't bad she wasn't great but she was okay like she didn't completely detract the way that i thought she would Mm because i am so like that's the other thing he did was he played her against her character type Mm -hmm. which i thought was really smart like you're going to cast her every me included thought you were going to play her into her character type she's going to be the one that's using Mm -hmm. the guns right first thing we see is she couldn't even hit the target yeah you know, yeah. like, he played her right. Like, she she did feel like the fish out of water.
0: Yeah,
2: yeah.
1: And then having Elizabeth Debicki seem like this innocent girl who's actually, like, a total go-getter and a badass yeah. was yeah. great. Great character. Um, another huge problem with the movie, they mm. casted one of the greatest supporting actresses working today. She was in the immense success, the disaster artist, last year. Her mm. name is Jackie Weaver. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. And she was used to quite a great scarcity in this film. She she has about one scene, one great scene with Elizabeth DeBicki, and then she's gone. And Mm, uh, that's just travesty. You need more Jackie Weaver everywhere you can get her.
2: Another solid supporting role. Mm -hmm. Her presence is huge, despite the short screen time. She's like Method
1: Man. Yeah, exactly. She really brings. She
2: makes it count. very good jackie weaver method man mm. you heard it here first
1: folks <laughs> oh yeah
2: um i liked robert duvall colin beryl's dad he was very so very good. good right that's oh, yeah. um
1: that this is the first time we've talked about him since the um joaquin phoenix picture we talked about earlier oh yeah year, another right? father
2: figure yeah Yep. maybe he has something kind of fatherly about him apparently yeah um yeah. Like Steve Carell, right? Yeah, exactly. And he's a he's a little harsher than Steve Carell. Yeah, but the same the father, figure. <laughs> the tough love kind of dad. And I like I liked Colin Farrell quite a bit too. Um, you know, to me, you know, there are certain you know genre movies that you you watch and then think to yourself, okay, this was a genre movie, but it was really about something else. And I think this has lots of si- kind of signifiers of, um, of 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 theme, race, class, um, dirty politics. Mm-hmm. To me, it remains about heist. This is a heist movie in which all of that just sort of um, enriches the context in which all this plays takes place. Mm-hmm. Um, which I think will will actually make it age really <clears throat> well. Sometimes it's by not looking at things. Directly and by looking at things obliquely, that um, you get longevity. People will return to it for the heist and remember, yeah, like you know, politics were were that shitty. Um, Or um, that's how people did lose kids like that. Exactly. Yeah. Um, People might not be. So is this
1: fresh to you? Like, is this your first experience this year with this type of a narrative?
2: Um. It did feel pretty fresh Okay, to me, actually. Because yeah. to
1: me, I watched The Chai. Mm-hmm. Which is all about this. Yeah. This is the subject. This is the the arc of it. This mm. this is the exposition. This is the inciting incident. Like, these moments, these deaths of these innocent children are the mm. whole show. So, as soon as I understood that we were dealing with dirty politics in Chicago, I was like, mm. I've already seen this. Mm. And, yeah. and from then on, nothing surprised me about mm. what was yeah. happening. Yeah. Um, and I... I kn- i had the i I don't know if i was just being super picky or if it's kind of on purpose because mcqueen is so good at at these little things but when i watched the van explode the first time Mm -hmm. i noticed how wrong and rigid Mm. the body looked through the window Mm. so from then i was like i don't think he's dead ah so there's just a lot of things that were happening for me internally where I was mm. like I, I can't get on board but I am yeah. very interested in, in this this statement you're making about how it might age mm. because to, yeah. to me I, I'm not interested in revisiting this movie but I, mm. I am very interested in people that are because oh, yeah. to, to me when you say revisit a heist movie I don't think about it as a heist movie um, mm. really because it, it never felt fun and it, we didn't get started with the heist really until the you know the Mm. end whereas i'd I'd rather revisit another heist movie which is a remake Mm. of soderbergh's oceans 11 called oceans 13 right yeah i'm more interested in revisiting that or sorry oceans 8 i'm more interested in revisiting oceans 8 than i am in this sadly
2: yeah agreed different kind of heist movie right but that is you brought um, up
1: heist and that's just kind of what i started thinking about
2: right um right and you know that's uh kind of a process-oriented heist movie, I think, right? Yeah. Where we're seeing... But I
1: I definitely uh, had more fun with the characters. Whereas Elizabeth Debicki, I had a lot of fun with. I liked mm. being with her. Yeah. But... I just... did. Kind of like Outlaw King, like the scenes... just don't have something there. Like, I just... Mm. There's not something there. There's no energy for me. And I think that there might have been this energy for you
2: yeah i think it it partly stems from how good i thought it looked um just knowing uh the choice to put the camera inside the van in that very first getaway scene um i thought made it riveting in a way that a lot of chase scenes aren't um the, the heist itself so dark like surprisingly dark um but the the gloss of those masks, I I just thought it looked great. Um, and in a really sort of subtle way, like these aren't, you know, the, uh, the one perfect shot kind of compositions, but I just think it's really, really, um, beautifully shot. Um, I like the cinematography a lot. Um, and I, I, you know, I just think that there has to be movies that sort of document, um, what defines a time and place without being specifically about those problems um, that invites people in in a different way? Um, this is, uh, you know, kind of a lean and mean story about a group of women trying to shake off some people who are going to kill them if they can't get money. Um, but I think it's interesting in a lot of ways for um, how it um, reveals what to live today feels like and what, um, role race plays in, uh, a marriage. Um, what, uh, class looks like between people, um, who work together. These are, you know, three completely different women. Um, and, you know, I think that's just as important of a way to sort of work through some of those issues. I don't want to call this like an issue film by any way. Uh, but, um, I don't know. I just think it's an interesting way It does to do interesting things about with this.
1: categories. Yeah. But, like, so what you're saying, I agree with, but I also am like, but doesn't Viola Davis feel more powerful than Elizabeth Debicki? So there's more than just race mm. going on, right?
0: Definitely. Because al- yeah, although
1: yeah. she is the African-American wife of a white man, yeah, uh, Elizabeth Debicki is the white wife of, um, mm-hmm. or girlfriend of, I, I think he might have been Mexican-American? Yeah. That's um, right. That sounds right. Yeah. It, yeah girlfriend and she feels like she's much more the victim of him than viola felt of liam neeson so you know there's this interesting intermingling that i do think steve mcqueen is very good at showing how okay there's this normal structure and there are victims of the structure but there's the total opposite and then there's the mixed version of this and then there's the twisted version of this and then there's cynthia arrivo's mom watching cynthia arrivo's daughter while cynthia's going to work as a hairdresser and then right when she gets home she gets a call that she can go work more and then she's sprinting like there is so much going on that all that stuff is interesting the problem is that's extra textual Mm. and the film itself i wasn't that interested in
2: yeah that's interesting
1: um i was interested in daniel kaluuya i but i i was the most interested in daniel kaluuya I was the most interested Mm. in Elizabeth Debicki. I was the most interested in side characters. Yeah. That that was my problem. Um, I love Viola Davis. I think that her performance in Fences is one of the most important of the decade so far Mm. as a lead actress. But I don't think she was particularly good here. And I I don't think that was her fault. I just think that that was the restraints of the project. Yeah. Not Steve McQueen's fault. Not Gillian's fault. Not the book's It just... Yeah. It didn't work out on this one. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah yeah I mean to some extent I think the craft just kept me so engaged hmm. um, uh, that long shot after they pull after Daniel Kalu and his crew pull the two guys out of that bin right and it's that single take where he's spinning around them as as, he's, as they're rapping um,
1: oh yeah that right? close up look right no oh, those are the moments stuff. that, that oh, make me go this yeah. is so special and then yeah. there's these other moments that aren't so special Mm. And that's maybe, you, you know, like, it's it's not that I can't appreciate the form. Trust mm-hmm. me, I just got out of The Crimes of Grindelwald. There you then go. I had a Guinness <laughs> and went back in and watched Widows. Like, I, I understood how much better what I was looking at was. Yeah. But I it still suffered, for me, narratively, from telegraphing what's to come. Mm.
0: And then it yeah. didn't
1: allow its main actress to soar in the way that she is capable of.
0: Yeah.
2: Viola Davis, mm-hmm. specifically. Yeah. Yeah. Um, that's fair. It's weird. It's uh, it is a, it is like a Liam Neeson action movie in a lot of ways, um,
1: and it's also <laughs> not like that.
2: Well, uh, it in in its in its being surprisingly straightforward. Mm-hmm. Um, no,
1: you're you're right. Like it is like <laughs> that, but it's also not like that. Yeah, yeah. Because there's not that much action right. with our main characters. Yeah, it's yeah. um. It's Daniel Kaluuya's character that is really causing yeah. the action. Yeah. Oh, and I yeah. loved um, our Driver character. I oh, really yeah. enjoyed his performance. While he's around. Great performance yeah. while he was around. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I might watch it a little bit differently the second time, knowing um, that Viola Davis is not just uh, a widow, but also a grieving mother. She is now mm-hmm. truly alone. We don't know that right off the, the bat in... The first viewing of this movie. Um,
1: when did you know <laughs> that she knew Liam was alive?
2: Um, probably not. Right until I don't. I don't. It hadn't crossed my mind until she goes to Gary Coon's house.
1: Okay, but like the, from then on, the you, you know that she knows, right?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because
1: yeah, sure. she didn't open the door on purpose. Definitely. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So, did, did that shift? That sh- for me, that shifted why she was doing the job. Mm. And and then we we understand it at the end, right? When she mm. uh says that there's this money under the table. Yeah. And I I was like, thank you for doing that. Mm. You know, like yeah. that that needed to happen or else I wouldn't have given it as much grace as I gave it. Like I needed her to have her own mm. independent reason as a person for doing mm. what she did yeah 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 because she could sense. have just given the journal up and been done with it she had yeah. the opportunity multiple times but to get the money for herself i needed to see yeah. what she was going to do with it yeah i and, and that was a nice payoff yeah
2: i would agree um yeah i don't i don't think i could take it up to a five and it could come down to a four um but pretty solid i like it
1: it's it's absolutely worth watching i don't think it's gonna win any oscars i wouldn't be surprised yeah. if it got nominated because it's viola yeah um but it's i i if it wins it stole something from another uh, i don't know
2: that it'll it'll win anything either but it, but then. if it did right yeah. like it would yeah. be
1: stealing straight up <laughs> yeah
2: um maybe like uh a... gosh is it the uh which a cat or which guild gives a like best ensemble award i could maybe see it getting that i, f- um, I thought
1: the academy gave best ensemble i thought spotlight won that i don't know if they
2: maybe it's one of the maybe it's one of the not televised awards or something
1: oh there, there are um, lots of those
2: yeah yeah, yeah. exactly i could um, maybe see it winning that I'm trying to think about what else there is but i don't know i just best went, ensemble there's I such know. a campaign for it i feel like i've been to like a Dozen websites, you know, where the wallpaper is widows for ten categories or something. I'm like, I don't know about that. I I could
1: see maybe something technical, like lighting. Like, I feel like the lighting was really consistent throughout this picture. Yeah. Um. But yeah, it it never out ensembles first man, and it never will. Mm. Yeah. First man has Christopher Abbott, so first man wins. Great actor. Well. It's good. It's a high three. Check it out for yourself, folks. High three for me. There you go. Uh, low four and a half from you. Yeah. Possibly a four.
2: Yeah, somewhere in there. Somewhere in there. Yeah.
1: To Indiana we go.
2: Let's do it. Run! Go! Get
0: to the chopper! We have to go. I'm coming with you. That was brilliant.
2: To beautiful Monrovia.